Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Royal Sports World Grand Prix on Sky Sports. ready for it today that ending always catches me out but hello welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the fallout bar we are live on youtube once again bringing you all of the reaction from the ball sports world grand prix on night number three same format as always there'll be three of us here to waffle through our reactions what we've seen tonight and our preview ahead of tomorrow and at some point this evening the birthday girl herself sarah kinsella from Ball Sports will be here to give us their lowdown on the night's action too. Uh, gents, welcome to the show. Luke, first time we've had you this week. How are we doing, sir? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. You know what? I didn't know how much... I, I was a bit sceptical about tonight and how good the action was going to be, but I quite enjoyed it. There were some good games in there, good tussles. So yeah, really good night at darts. Yeah, save your scepticism for tomorrow because I have a feeling that we <laughs> not quite live up to this one. Cam, how are we, mate? You're on the proper device tonight. No moving around. It was like being on a merry-go-round with you yesterday. Swaying oh, no, it was, space, it but... was not, not ideal yesterday, was it? It was absolutely hard work. Um, but, yeah, we're on the proper device today. We're sat still. We're sat in one place. And, yeah, it was a good night of dollars, wasn't it, actually? Enjoyable. Talking of not ideal, we'll get onto your fortunes throughout this evening very, very shortly, mate. Going already. <laughs> Fair to say, you've had a bit of a mare. 
Um, and as if Lucas <laughs> <laughs> has arrived, and as if by magic, I think I can see the birthday girl herself, Sarah Kinsella, is about to join us live on the show. Sarah, hello and happy birthday. Hey guys, thanks so much. 33 today, Jesus, the years are flying in. <laughs> no way. You just wanted to say 33 in your accent because you saw how <laughs> went out of the chat room yesterday, didn't you? I thought that like everyone saying to be tree in a toad in an Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs> how has your day been and how's the action been from the morning side? Yeah, it's been brilliant. Obviously, it's a bit unusual. It's my first birthday away from home in 33 years. But look, everyone's been brilliant. And the action tonight was just awesome. I thought Dave Chisholm would come back like he did. was pretty good. And Ryan Searle, he's really catching the eye, isn't he? And like he even said in his interview with me, like tonight, he's, he's feeling the difference in himself. He's not as nervous on the stage. So it's obviously coming across in his match as well. And he just played excellent tonight. So, yeah, really good action. Yeah, he truly did. And the best thing about the night is I saw your cake. I'm very, very jealous about that. If Lee Boyce sends me a picture that he has a slice, I will write because he will be on the show tomorrow <laughs> and I'll just, I'll just give him the boot. Um, after last night, I suppose there's only one place to start after the rest of the favourites fell, but a comfortable night for Gerwin Price in the end. Um, what's that done to the market? Do you know what? I thought it was really strange, right? So despite Gerwin winning, he's actually gone out in the best. So he's gone out to five to four, right? So he was like he was shorter, well not much shorter, but he's five to four favorite now. But Johnny Clayton is now the seven to one joint second favorite with Jose de Souza, and then tonight's games obviously just to touch on those winners. So Dave Chisnell is nine to one from twelve to one. Ryan Searle is eleven to one from twenty to one. Stephen Bunting is twelve to one from forty to one, and yeah, the rest of them. Christoph Radzewski after winning last night, fourteens. Rob Cross, fourteens. Danny Knopper, twenty-two. Ian White, twenty-two, and then obviously Vincent Van der Voort is in there as well. But it's just been a kind of a crazy market with with all those top names going out last night. There wasn't any real shocks tonight, like do you know what I mean? So look, and the full house as well, lads. Like we're giving five hundred pound to Parkinson's UK for every full house. So we're now up to eight full houses. We didn't think there'd be that many this early on. So it's up to four grand now for Parkinson's, which is absolutely brilliant. So, you know, we're delighted to be donating that money to such a worthy cause. But yeah, look, a brilliant night. And I'm just looking at the name, the finalists markets here. So even when I was talking to Gerwin Price earlier on, he was like, imagine if he gets to play it's a Welsh final, you know, him and Johnny. So Gerwin Price and Johnny Clayton, that final that happened is 11 to 2. And it was as big as 18 to 1 prior to the tournament starting. So, big price cut there. Um, Gerwin Price and Jose de Sales, a bit of interest for that as well. That's 5 to 1 from 14 to 1. So, take your pick. Look, we've so many markets on the website to anyone that wants to have a bet and those kind of things. And, like, I don't know if you want me to go through the betting with, for the matches tomorrow night. Yeah, we might as well. Just a quick reminder while you're getting that up, that we do have the new customer offer. That's live on our website as well for anybody that wants to get involved. So, make sure you head over and take advantage of that and of course bet responsibly but yeah what are the markets looking like for tomorrow night yeah so ian white is four to seven against darius who's 11 to eight and then we look at the second game which is bob cross and christoph so uh let me see sorry the computer is acting up on me christoph is at eight to eleven and rob cross is eleven to ten you know, I actually fancy Rob Cross in that one, but I suppose we'll have to wait now till tomorrow. Danny Noppert and Vincent Van de Voort. So we have Danny at four to six and Vincent at six to five. It'll be a good match, I think. And then Jose de Souza against Johnny Clayton. 
Johnny is 8 to 11 and Jose is 11 to 10. So look, I'm of all the full houses in there. We're going, we're a price boost on all the full houses on every player on every match. So even tonight, like on Gerwin Price, we pushed him out to, what was it, 7 to 4, 6 to 4 to get a full house and loads of people came in for it. Um, so and that happened then he got the full house so yeah it was just everything's going well obviously I know I mentioned yesterday it was disappointing for those few big games to go out but you know what you just kick on and the tournament is it's flying along we couldn't be happier and we just hope Gerwin stays in now and I suppose a lot of people are just rooting for Johnny and Gerwin final now so let's see what happens yeah, completely agree. Less said about the full houses tonight as well. The first three all come in. I know full well that the person sat in the bottom right of the screen backed it in the fourth match and it didn't come in as well as busting his accumulator. He's not having a good night. <laughs> oh, it's no. Crap. Poor lad. You should have cashed out. No, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> There was a warning that he should have cast out and reinvested some of it onto Dave Chisnell in case the comeback happened and he neglected it and it's just not gone very well for him. Um, yeah. <laughs> that responsibly, folks. Uh, with that, Sarah, we will let you get back to your evening. Thank you very much once again for joining us. Uh, enjoy the rest of your birthday. Don't party too hard in Leicester <laughs> in the dying hours of the night. Um, I will speak to you once again tomorrow. I'll try not to. Thanks a million, lads. And by the way, the cake was all gone, so you don't need to be jealous of it. Thank God for that. I would have been. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a million, lads. See you soon. See you in a bit. Thanks, Bye. Sarah. I'd love to say that's enough ripping cam tonight, but every time we get to that situation, mate, it's coming. You know it. The first message you sent us was, can anybody else cover tonight? Poor lad. <laughs> 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 oh, there we go. Can you tell we've got a producer in the background? He is absolutely <laughs> wetting himself. <laughs> um, right, I suppose, boys, only one place to start tonight, and it would help if I had the right screen open, but you know where we're going. Um, the favourite for the event, Gerwin Price, doing a job on Mervyn King, despite losing the first set, Luke. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't vintage. It wasn't vintage price in that first set. It was it, it was always going to be a tough tough tie. Mervyn King's proved himself time and time again. You know, he's always there. He's always there fighting. And, and he scrapped with him in that first set. And it was quite exciting, actually. You did sort of think coming out after the break, potentially he was going to lose a little bit of momentum and that materialised. And Gerwin Price just sort of just battled on. I mean, I sort of see now... They mentioned it on Sky that there's a bit of a change of the guard going on. I do see Price developing that mentality where he is just unbeatable and, and he keeps coming out against these players. You know, Taylor used to do it back in the day of Van Gerwen. Losing the first set doesn't bother him. So losing the first set in a first to three, it was never going to be a disaster. And he quite easily got over the line. But I'm really impressed with the way he's played tonight and, and he just keeps marching forward. I see no reason why he won't make the final. Yeah, there were moments, Cam. King looked like himself, uh, deciding setting. Deciding leg in set two, I think it was. Maybe. It was set two or set three where you thought that's the chance for King to really stamp his authority in and get ahead. Maybe it was set three, actually. Um, yeah, I think didn't it quite materialise, though, and, and Price just runs away with it. Yeah, I think he looked, he looked very good first set, didn't he? And after that, he never really reached that sort of level again. Uh, like I said, that dart could have maybe changed Well, that leg could have changed it maybe at the end of the third set, but would he really have done? I'm not sure. I think Gezi had him at arm's length at that point, really. He was pretty comfortable and he never looked like letting it slip, really. Yeah, completely agree. For the last few nights, those of you that watch him and listening, to be honest, have been deprived 
of interview clips. We played you a couple last night, but as we only have four games to review and four games to preview, we're going to play you all the clips we have available from our interviews throughout the show tonight, which means, first up, we're going to hear what Gerwin Price had to say in his post-match press conference. And then I went backstage and Moo was like, oh, I thought you was going to hit that 170. I was like, oh. <laughs> I didn't even say a word. I just got myself together, went back on stage. I was I was livid, but yeah, it was um, it was a half-decent game, but I need to improve. And I was just thinking about that first set all the way through, I think. But yeah, I win's win. <laughs> no, I, I, I believe that anyway. But, you know, even if he was Peter or Michael was to manage to t- take over me, I'm, I've always said that you know, the strength and depth in the PDC you now is is ridiculous, and yeah, whoever wins the worlds, if whoever gets the number one needs to win the worlds, and um, yeah, obviously it's, I think it's only Michael or Peter who could probably knock me off over the next twelve months, but yeah, I'm fending them off the best that I can. Yeah, he's certainly right about that. Their early exit, Mark Van Gerwen defending a severe amount of prize money in this event, um, that's all fallen off his ranking, and going prize is doing the right way about replacing it on to game number two to talk about tonight boys and we're going to go with the game that we don't have an interview clip for I probably shouldn't do it in this order but it was the second best game in my opinion because of the drama and the tension and I just want to see Cam suffer that little bit more um Dave Chisnell three Ross Smith two Ross Smith gets out of the blocks absolutely flying Cam uh wins six of the first seven legs I think it was and then Dave Chisnell produces a comeback that only Dave Chisnell was capable of at the Grand Prix because he is an absolute enigma when it comes to the double-in format. Um, but once again, he progresses to the quarterfinals. Yeah, he does. Um, it was it was pretty impressive, the last the last three sets from him, to be honest. And that finish, to wrap it up the way he did with the one three five, which I literally sat there and watched all three darts going and just go... This first one goes, then it's it's going this. And then second one went in, third one went in. I think, yeah, I don't know what it is about this format, but Chizzy likes it. And for someone that we kind of discussed it yesterday as well, he doesn't really hold up overly well under pressure most of the time. But for some reason, it seems to work for him, this format. And one of the big mysteries of darts, but I thought he was... He was really good, to be fair. As soon as the 180 started flowing, he took over. And I think the the winning line got to Smith a little bit, didn't it? He, he fell off massively from those first two sets. Yeah, look, Dave Chisnell, I, I just don't quite understand. He's a man that we just don't associate with hand impression, handling pressure very well. Double start means there's twice as much pressure involved in hitting a double within the leg, especially if your opponent gets off to an early start. Set play only adds to that more. You chuck that all into one big mixing pot and suddenly he's like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, and the funny thing is as well, it's not even just not even just losing the first two sets. He's losing the first leg of every set and then suddenly still pulling it back. Again, they said it online, you know, he's getting into these situations and to be honest, his head doesn't drop. He does just keep pushing on. He has got probably more talent in his left arm than most darts players will ever have. The, 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 probably got the, a less snatchy action in his left well, arm. He probably, he probably does. <laughs> it's a fair point, to be honest. But you, you just, you know, he's got the level, the capability that can go to. But to be honest, Ross Smith didn't have tonight. That's not to say that Ross Smith didn't deserve to win because to be honest, he probably should have had it after the first two sets. But Chisnell was unbelievable and the checkouts just they spoke for themselves. I mean, that last checkout that Cam's mentioned, the one three five, the fact he could pause, 
just shows the composure that he had because any other darts player potentially would have struggled a lot more with the pauses, the breaking of the rhythm. Chisnell is a rhythm player, so you really wouldn't have expected him to take them out as he did, but he did it. He managed it perfectly. And I thought, well, to be honest, it's not an easy way of doing it, but you know, he's got the job done. He, he's done it plenty of times. It's not the first time we've seen him do a huge comeback. We saw it against Thornton in, I believe, the European Championship when he was 8 nil down. He did it against Josh Payne not so long ago in the World Championship, so he's well used to these sort of situations, but he played really well. Yeah, he is. Let's take a look. Oh, no, let's not take a listen to him because I told you his clip <laughs> isn't ready yet because he was last up. What am I doing? A word on Ross Smith, the player wearing the online darts patch this week on his uh, shirt. Decent first round performance, not horrendous second round. Just, I guess, this is one that comes down to experience and practice. It's, it's his debut at the Grand Prix. He gets out of the blocks early, um, looks really sharp. The starting double just seemed to evade him a little bit when that starts to happen is that a potential time to move away from your mo and and try a different starting double for a leg or two cam just to try and start something off again because he sort of let it get away from him in those third and fourth sets don't get me wrong dave chisner was fantastic a few 12 dart legs in there there was one 12 dart leg where he missed a dart to start and he missed a dart a double at the end so it's basically a 10 dart leg so you have back to back 180s in there and two doubles um, is is there a, a, a talking point that maybe you should move away from double sixteen just to try and get in first start somewhere else and, and shake things up a little bit? Um, I can see why you say that. I don't think so for me. I think he was he was still pretty good on it to be honest. He, he, getting him still wasn't really his issue. He lost his range on the sixty more than anything, and the way he was hitting the nineteens after he was coming off the double sixteen there was probably more of an argument for him sticking on the 19s and not even going up the board at any point because he couldn't miss them for a long time in that match. And the 60 evaded him for a long, long time. I think there were multiple legs where it was back-to-back 60 followed by a 60 again. And it's you can't do that. You can't go six darts without in the treble. Yeah, completely agree. Let's move on then. Let's talk about some of the, uh, well, t- the other two matches of the evening. Uh, let's start with the first match tonight, and then I can drown my sorrows in game number four. Um, what a match this was, by the way. Ryan Searle, three. Luke Humphreys, one. Uh, two players that played the game in the right way, just went at each other. Um, but Ryan Searle continues to improve and impress this year, Luke. Yeah, for me, these two are two of the most exciting players in the tour at the minute. I absolutely love that game. Brilliant pace. Brilliant actions, both of them really, really good to watch. I think, to be honest, the big deciding factor was how often Ryan Sell was getting in with the first dart. He was in first dart 58% of the time, which is phenomenal, really. You know, you, if, you were, if you were hitting a 58% checkout ratio at the end of a leg, then, you know, there's nothing more you can ask for. So he was absolutely phenomenal at getting off uh, near enough every leg. I was, I was really impressed with him. Again, the consistency, especially his 180 hitting, and just his travel 20 hitting in general is just next level. He's really coming on as a darts player. I think he's getting more and more competitive and more and more steady. And I think, to be honest, he's going to be fancy. And his chances are getting bunting, isn't he? The draw has massively opened up on that side. Cam, a little bit disappointing for Luke. Don't get me wrong, good performance, good game. But after reaching uh, the final of the UK Open, a um, couple of pro tours earlier in the year, you'd have been looking to continue that form here. And this will be seen as an opportunity missed, won't it, because of the way the draw has opened up? Yeah, I think it will. And I think as good as Ryan Searle was for a lot of that game, especially in the second set, 
I don't think he was unbeatable tonight. And I think Luke will probably still be looking at it as a bit of an opportunity missed to win that game tonight as much as the opportunity of the tournament. He was sort of just a little bit below where we'd have expected him to be, really. And maybe doing so a slight disservice. I know he's banged in three massive finishes as well, including the fish in there as well. But I just thought, other than that patch that he had where he was unplayable for three, four legs, I, I thought he was there for the taking still. And I think if Humphreys could have just upped it slightly, I think he think he might be the one that was advancing to the quarterfinal. Maybe with thoughts of the, the slightly open tournament now, that does take a toll on the players that little bit. Let's take a listen to Ryan Sell then before we talk about the last game of the night and then we'll start looking forward to tomorrow night. Yeah, the ball was soft. Um, we changed it before the match started. Um, the second board was a little bit soft as well. We managed to get the third board up and, um, you know, that seemed all right. And, um, yeah, just went from there, really. Short but sweet little clip, boys. The brand new boards on them on show this week from Unicorn. Um, they haven't been horrendous from what I've seen. There's been a couple of bounce outs, but nothing too severe. Doesn't seem like dead spots. I don't know if we, do we put this one down to just a bad batch of boards to the place next to each other almost going soft. The issue is it's their debut. It doesn't look good if you're changing them twice in one match, does it? No, it doesn't. It's not not ideal, is it? It's not what you want, especially when there's been plenty of talk about boards re- over the recent months, probably longer than that anyway, to then bring a new batch out and you're having that problem in the first game of the night. You're thinking, it's, it's not a great look, is it? No, but look, they, they do seem to be holding up. I, I think aesthetically, they look a bit better. Don't get me wrong. Simon Whitlock's not there to destroy them with the absolute <laughs> monstrosity of things that he calls points. Um, but I also think the manufacturers need a little bit of slack because the players are using more and more aggressive equipment and then complaining about what they're doing. If I was to buy, I don't know, any anything else made of wood, really, and spent 10 minutes throwing sharp, pointy things at it. I would not expect it to be pristine and clean after I finished with it. No, exactly. I think you articulated that perfectly. You know, they're using, especially Whitlock, really abrasive points. The sizal has held up for the last 40, 50 years. We've never seen any issues with it. It suddenly, Simon Whitlock basically turns up with what are nails, effectively. He's lobbing at the board that are ripping them apart. I don't necessarily think you can put full blame on the manufacturers. Yes, there obviously is differences, and we don't see any other major darts manufacturer boards within the PDC, so we don't get to see the comparison too much on TV. But to be honest, I thought the boards, to, to the human eye, looked all right. Obviously, I'm not up there throwing the darts, but yeah, look, if they had issues with them, they've changed them. The third one was fine, then that's enough for me. But I, I think it's a lot more down to the points they're using rather than the poor quality of the boards. That's a bit of a vicious circle, though, isn't it? It's They're using more of those points because of what's happening with the boards and then that makes the boards worse and it's just going round and round. It seems to be more of a certain player's actions though, doesn't it? Because I mean, Whitlock uses these maybe because he was having an issue, but if, if you if throw them with some force, I've not seen Searle or anyone like that have any issues. So I guess it depends on the player, but yeah, yeah it is a vicious circle. You're right. And it's not just Simon Whitlock. This isn't a bash Simon Whitlock section. <laughs> there are other players that use slightly aggressive points, but I, for one, am a big believer that players going in search for more aggressive points so their boards stick in 
are short-term quick fixes for what they believe are issues with the board and what I believe are issues with actions and entry angle to the board. Um, it's just too severe without enough force to retain the dart. And then we've got an issue. The odd flat spot, you're going to see that no matter what manufacturer you've got and, and anything else like that. Um, but I guess this is probably a wider discussion for perhaps the live lounge next Monday as well. I know you two won't be there, but I, I, I have a strange feeling that the dartboard debate is going to roll on for a long, long time, given we are in the midst of dartboard release season. It, it appears we've already had two from two different manufacturers. I wonder if there are any more on the way. Um, on to the final game that we are going to talk about, which actually turns out to be the second game of the night. I can't say the final game of the night. Um, between two bespectacled English players, uh, James Wade and Stephen Bunting. That was a niche little reference, wasn't it? Um, Stephen Bunting doing a job on my boy. Yeah, Cam, you can smile now because you've been miserable for the last 20 minutes. Um <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie, before I, I let you two run wild on this one, I'm a little bit good. Considering Wade's recent record in this tournament has been so poor in the first round, I figured that once he got through the first round, he'd look like Wade evolved that's won this tournament twice. Stephen Bunton had other ideas tonight. Seven maximums, highest checkout of one three two. Everybody loves the champagne shot. That one set Twitter wagging. Uh, 47% checkout percentage from Stephen Bunton. A really, really efficient job done, Cam. It was. It was. It was really, really good, wasn't it? I mean, it was probably the probably the best performance of the night. I would have thought. I think just in the way that he never fancied him losing that game at any point. And the the one eighties were there. The, like I said, the one three two was just absolutely beautiful. It's the, the best finish there is, isn't it? Whichever way you go about it, it just looks so good. And the two bullseyes that you could have hit another 10 in there, probably they were that close together as well. Yeah, I thought Bunting was really good. And I think he carries on playing like that. He's going to be very, very difficult for anyone that he plays on the way to the final. Yeah, look, it's not the best average overall. That is the one stat I neglected to mention before I set Cam off. But averages aren't everything. And if that's on the legs that James is picking up and then he's attacking and holding his own throw like he needs to, don't need to worry about that one little number, do you? No, exactly. Averages aren't everything. And there's sometimes stats that we don't get to see on the, on the stat sheet that actually that may may play some factor psychological. You know, we look at Wade. He's got a terrible record against Bunton in the last few years. And that, again, materialised. Who knows what the factors are behind that? But he just seems to have the number of them so far. And again, yeah, another good performance from him. I don't necessarily think he's going to dominate Ryan Sell. It might be a close match, to be honest. I would edge Sell in that one. But... You know, he's got the job done once again, and 3 1's a convincing scoreline. Wade's not an easy opponent to beat, but another good result from him. Yeah, and that should be a very, very good game that we will no doubt talk about later in the week because I think that'll be played at a good pace between two players. It will just get on with it. Uh, let's hear from Stephen Bunting then, the last player we're going to hear an interview clip from tonight. A quick reminder before we do that. The full interviews are on our YouTube channel. Obviously, that's where you are right now. So stay on once we've finished chatting and you can just click through and find whichever players you want to hear their thoughts in full from. Uh, this one is Stephen Bunting. Though. I think so, yeah. I felt it at the Wales. Um, I don't think I was far away from winning the World Championship. Um, I, I was playing really well against Gerwin and, and he pulled it out the bag. But 
there was a part of that match where I actually thought I could win and that sort of holded me back. Now I'm just taking each game as it comes and um, and I think that's the new laid-back Stephen and it's worked. The new laid-back Stephen is very dangerous indeed. Deep runs at the match play and the World Championships in recent years. Is he about to add the Ball Sports World Grand Prix to that resume as well? Um, interested in that interview as well. He talks about his former World Championship, I believe. Uh, on to tomorrow then, boys. And this is the bit where I haven't got the order in front of me. Yes, I do, although I believe it has been amended slightly. Sky and everyone else are showing these in two different orders. So I'm going to talk about it in the order I have it in front of me. But bear in mind, this may have changed. Um, game number one tomorrow night, Ian White will have to step it up from the performance that we saw against Gary Anderson uh, just two nights ago. Uh, he takes on Darius Labanauskas, who absolutely loves the double 20. Been warning people of this for days. Um, Luke, where's this one going? For me, Labanauskas was always going to have a deep run in this tournament. Anderson was hot and cold, so the fact he's been knocked up by White maybe wasn't a massive shock, but I did think it was going to be Labanauskas that would have knocked him out. I, I fancy him. You know, we've seen good form again at the World Cup recently. I just feel like he's consistently got that 90 average in a double in, double out format, and I think that'll be enough to, to roll Ian White over it. Ian White's obviously got a huge win against Gary Anderson, but we know the TV record never holds up. So I'm not holding out much hope for Ian White. I think it'll probably be 3 1 Labanauskas. Yeah, Cam, without statistically backing this up, since that run at the Players' Championships final, Ian White's first round record for the last couple of years, I think, has improved massively. It's backing that up that's been the issue for Ian White. It is, yeah. Um, and it's too often we see it from him. And I think it continues today. And Giles has absolutely just jumped in put himself up on the screen there saying exactly what okay. I was just about to say. 11 to 8 for Darius is absolutely massive value. I wouldn't be going anywhere near 7 to 4 on for Ian White. Um, so, yeah, I fancy Darius as well. I think comfortable as well, 3-1. I think that's, that's about right. But then again, my history of picking people at 11 to 8 to win a match <laughs> isn't so good. <laughs> Especially not when they're two sets up, Cam, and you think... You think they've got over the line. You're almost celebrating. Jar, how does it go? <laughs> been itching to get that into the show all night. <laughs> Cannot lie. Um, myself, I'm going Darius as well. Uh, I think 3-1 would be a fair prediction uh, in this one. Also, oh, he's dropped the... <laughs> Dropped the colorblind reference in as well. He, he dropped, he dropped it twice. You dropped it once and you didn't see it, and I just oh, let it go. Yeah. I thought I'm not having that, and and then you've actually you've let him get it with the second one. Let him get it back in. Yeah, that goes with my House of Pain reference on the blog earlier, as well as a Venga Boys. It is all happening here tonight. Bring back the Oasis references from Q School. That seems like an absolute <laughs> lifetime <laughs> ago now. Um, on to game number two, and it's going to be the order that we've got it scrolling across the bottom. Again, I will prejudice this by saying that um, this order may change. I'm not 100% sure that it's locked in. Sky Sports have it slightly differently. They have um, Jose versus Johnny in the primetime slot, whereas this order has uh, Danny Knopfler versus Vincent. So game number two, 
Um, Rob Cross against Christoph Ratajski. And I tell you what, Cam, this is my pick for game of the night. This could be an absolute belter. Ratajski was superb in defeating Nathan Aspinall. Completely different animal on TV. I'm going to stand by that line, even if it kills me for the rest of the year. And a rejuvenated Rob Cross was very, very good. With the slightly longer points, the action, the form looked so much better. This could be a five-setter easily. It could, yeah. I think this. I think you're right. This is probably game of the night. And I think it's a really tough one to call. I'm not really sure which way to go. Just while we're at it, Boyle Sports have got the Jose Johnny game as the last game of the night as well. So I'm assuming that is correct. Um, yeah, I think with this one, I sort of like. We all know I like Rob Cross. I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick with my boy. He's going to get over the line three two. Yeah, Luke, for you. I've not been on since the World Cup, and I haven't had a chance to wax the wriggle about how good Ratajski was against the Czech Republic in the first round. It was honestly one of the best performances I think I've ever seen from an individual. On that and that alone, and yesterday's performance, to be fair, I do think Ratajski will get over the line. For some reason, I still don't think Rob Cross has got the mentality that he once had when he won the World Championship. So I'm going to go with 3-1 Ratajski. But I was impressed that he did manage to beat right a couple of nights ago. But for me, Ratajski, I think you're right. I think he's an absolute animal on TV. Uh, and, it, and he just keeps getting better. I, de- I definitely, I think he'll reach the top 10 within the next one or two years. Honestly, I'll stick my neck out and say that, but I'll be impressed. And I think 3-1. He's a bit relentless and a bit of a juggernaut, and he's a bit difficult to stop him once he gets going. That being said, my one worry about Christopher Tyski is the last couple of years when we have seen him lose on TV comfortably, it's because he's had an absolute disaster on the outer ring. I remember Steve West's performance on the Euro Tour um, an absolute disaster at the Players' Championship finals as well on board two behind closed doors. Um, if, if it goes wrong for Christoph, it goes wrong on the outer ring. There is absolutely nothing wrong with the man scoring, no matter what happens. And that's the worry in a double in start when he has to do that twice. Um, that being said, I'm sticking with a Polish Eagle, I think. If he, if he keeps the form that he did in the first round, I know that's Obviously, such a stupid comment, but one that we repeat quite frequently. If he keeps that form, he is in proper contention for this title. Um, I'm going to go 3-1. I think if it goes edgy, I'm not sure he gets over line. So I'm going to go 3-1. Ratajski. Jar's shaking his head, but your opinion doesn't count, mate, because you're sat blurred out in the bottom of the screen and nobody's listening to you just flashing up your opinions on my screen, which I can remove, by the way. Um, on to game number three, and everybody has it in this order, but the one place I took my information from, so this is where we're going with game number three. It is the all-Dutch affair, Danny Nopper against Vincent van der Voort. Um, this could quite, well, not quite easily, but it would have been heavily favoured before Dart was thrown for this to be Michael van Gogh versus um, Daryl Gurney. Instead, we have the opposite, and after all of the drama um, of last night, um, this could be quite an intriguing game as well, Cam. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good game. I think I just got a feeling I fancy Vincent. He's not. He's clearly not overly happy this week. Um, he, has, he had his say. He's uh, never happy. Well, that's true, but I think that's he needs that just to just to get him up for it and just get him firing. And I think he's going to take that out on nothing. I think he's going to beat him pretty comfortably three one. Interesting for you, Luke. For me, Noppet blows hot, hot and cold, so it's really difficult to gauge how well he's going to play. 
again, another really good performance against Van Gogh when you can't fault him. That was a brilliant first round display. And on that form, he could potentially make a semi-final. But I don't know. I do fancy Vincent's chances as well. I'm going to say this one might be edging. To us, I think this one could be the closest to the night. I'm going to go with 3-2 uh, for Vincent van der Voort. But yeah, I, I think it's close. I'm the opposite here, boys. Don't get me wrong. Once Vincent gets going, he's incredibly difficult to stop. I remember him beating Carl Anderson at the World Championships and Carl led early. Vincent picked off a set that he probably shouldn't have and he was so difficult to stop. He's a ridiculous front runner. Um, he will just put his foot on your head and, and that's you done. Um, but I think there's a steeliness to Danny Knoppert now. He should have beaten Michael Van Gerwen last weekend and I thought he'd probably crumble because of that earlier in the week. He didn't. He was very, very good, very composed. He just had this determination about him. And he is throwing solid darts. Let's not forget, Danny Knoppert is a BDO World finalist that was beaten after having probably a better year than him by Glenn Durrant in the final. What a final that was, too. I think Danny Knoppert wins this one, and I think he wins it 3-1. I think he comes through this pretty comfortably. He just looks very, very solid to me. A lot of people in the chat um, are back in Van der Voort. That was Brandon previously, Daz Reynolds. He's going for Ian White, uh, Rob Cross, uh, Danny Knoppert. And then in the last game, which we're about to talk about, he has gone for Jose de Souza in what could be a really, really good game if Jose hits the levels that we know he's capable of. Because he didn't quite deliver that against Glenn Doran in the first round move. Yeah, I know. Obviously, playing without the glasses for the first time. And to be honest, he looked a little bit shaky now. Unfortunately, in Glenn's situation, he's not really much of a threat to any of them. So it's very difficult. It wasn't much of a test for Jose. So really, can we gauge much of his performance? I mean, he was playing, basically playing against himself. And to be honest, he wasn't fantastic. So I'm not convinced, to be honest. I think Johnny Clayton will wipe the floor with him. And I think it'll be 3-1. But I don't know. I just feel like Johnny Clayton, maybe this is written in the stars that it will be an all-Welsh final. But for me, that's the way it's signing up to be. So I, I see Johnny Clayton walking that one quite comfortably. I think there's, there's plenty in the Sky crew that would like that to happen because they were very <laughs> fond of the Welsh tonight. It's the politest way for me to say that. Cam, how about yourself? Did they mention the Welsh at all tonight on the on the coverage? I seem to have missed that. Did oh, wait, no, it was every single sentence for the, throughout the night, regardless of which game was on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think... I, I really don't know where to go with this one. I, one... Side of me saying that Johnny's know. gonna be Johnny's gonna be comfortable, and the other side is that Jose just turns it on and it just clicks and it works. And I'm gonna go bold prediction that we see at some point from Jose de Souza four doubles in a leg. He's gonna get one to kick it off, and then he's gonna go three tops for one twenty again. <laughs> um, almost as bad as the one he's flashing up on screen now. Henry's backing Jose to hit the nine. Yeah, but that, that would have to really that would have to be a first, surely, to have four doubles in a leg. Given Michael's miss the other night, given Gezi coming close, and I'm pretty sure someone else went six or seven in were, earlier. Two in the um, it them. was Bunting and Wade both went seventy. I don't remember the last time we were this close to a nine data, apart from Wade, Thornton and Dolan. It yeah. does seem like they are getting more and more chances this week and the big boys aren't there. It's really intriguing. Um, I didn't actually give a prediction either, by the way. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Jose. I'm going to say he does it and he gets over the line three, so. Interesting, interesting. 
I think I have to side with Johnny. Just, um, I think he he's a bit like what I said about Christoph earlier. If he gets beat comfortably, his average plummets is because he starts missing a lot of doubles. And obviously in a double start, you cannot afford to do that. Um, but I just think he looks a bit solid. Late on probably will suit him that little bit more. Um, yeah, I'm going Johnny and I'm going to go... I'm going to spin this out just a little bit, just because why not? We're a bit early than we have been for the last couple of nights. So I can take my time. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go three, one um, to Johnny Clayton. And that all Welsh final is still on the cards at the close of play tomorrow. Um, it was a bit weird to be saying this at only 20, a quarter to midnight, but that's it for tonight's show. Uh, we've absolutely flown through that. Obviously, the short the least fewer amount of games uh, makes that a bit easier. So thank you very much to you two for joining me tonight. Luke making his debut this week. First time we've seen you in a long time. So welcome back to the team and Cam. Well, I'm lucky, mate. It's just not your night, <laughs> is it? Bad week in fantasy football as well, you know. Yeah, but I did I did land a win on Sunday night on the NFL. So we'll... you, t- you win some, you lose some. Yeah, and you lose a lot. <laughs> when the phone stops and all that <laughs> correct correct as the screen now says please don't forget to like today's show subscribe to the channel and comment to get involved well you probably missed your vote to comment to get involved only nine likes on the show so far and that was five when i started talking so that was four people liked it before they even knew what we were going to be talking about i know you guys in the chat room can do a lot better uh thank you very much if you're listening to this as a podcast as well they have been going out all week, we're getting back into the habit of making sure they go out as soon as we can. Uh, thank you very much to Boyle Sports as our title sponsor for this week, as they're also sponsoring the main event, um, and also to uh, Red Dragon and Mona Sports as they support us all year round. Thank you very much to everybody in the chat room. Thank you to Jar for producing. Just a lot of thank yous all around the world. Sorry, guys, don't know who what refs are refing tomorrow. You ask that question a lot, mate, and we just don't know. Unless unless, unless George Noble tells Phil Barnes the day before the event, we just don't know about the referees until we see them on stage. That's just the way it works. They'll probably get told tomorrow as it is. Um, thank you very much for watching, everybody. Um, don't forget, like I said, you can head over to our YouTube channel uh, to see all of the interviews uh, from all four winners tonight. The fourth one will be up a little bit later on. Uh, check out the website for our review and preview. And don't forget to follow us on all of our social medias that are scrolling across the bottom of your screen now. Uh, you can stay in touch with all of us, guys. Um, and basically keep up with everything that we're doing. Thank you very much for watching. And on that note, good night. Royal Sports World Grand Prix on Sky Sports. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.